Good day, Karen. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I thought today we might talk about something that is a bit controversial. That's been in the news a lot. Yeah, we have first-hand experience. Yes, because we're both migrants. Yes. It's something that you and I can both relate to. Yep, do it. Okay. You know, I get a lot of questions from people back home asking me, oh, you know, I hear a lot of Australians are racists. I don't know how to answer that question. I feel like generally my experience has been very good with Australians. I can cite some instances, though, that racism rears its ugly head. I remember when I first migrated, I was looking for a job. I applied for this role through a recruitment agency. The first interview that I had on the phone, it was a headhunter who called me and she said, Hi, Chris. I'm so sorry that I haven't had the chance to go through your CV or your resume. Do you mind taking me through your experience? So I did. I gave her a summary of my professional experience, where I've worked, what accomplishments I've had in those jobs. And she was responding with, oh, wow, yeah, Ooh, oh, that's great. So I could tell that the interview was going well. And then she asked me, so what prompts you to look for a job at this point? So I said, oh, you know, I recently migrated to Australia. What? She was surprised and her reaction didn't really make sense to me because she was suddenly aggressive and said, what? You've migrated from where? So I told her which country I migrated from. And she said, what? Do you even have a degree? So I guess because she heard that it was a developing country that I came from, she immediately assumed that I was uneducated. Why would you assume that I'm uneducated when I just gave you a background of all the jobs I was in and my accomplishments? And clearly the kind of work that I do would require education to have those achievements. And then she said, I will need proof of all of the reports that you've done. I would need a copy of your transcripts to prove that you actually graduated and have a degree. You'll need to send me a copy of the reports you've done in all those jobs that you talked about for all those clients that you've talked about. And I was thinking, and I actually verbalized this and said, well, I can't really send you the reports that I've done because they're all confidential. Right. Well, then make it up. I mean, that didn't even make sense, but I was so intimidated. Imagine this was my first interview. I was so intimidated that I felt like, oh my God, I have made this woman angry. What have I done? I don't know how we ended that conversation, but I felt so inferior. I felt like I wasted her time. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions, but I remember as soon as I hung up the phone, I just bawled and cried and felt like... I'm never going to find a job in this country. I didn't have the tools to process what happened, but I'm glad that I recovered well enough to keep persevering and still apply for jobs. Another interview I had, and this one was face-to-face, -face, this one made me realize something because that interview was going well as well. At the end of the interview, you know how the interviewer would ask you, do you have any questions for me? Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the questions that I asked, which is probably a common question that candidates would ask. I asked, what are the qualifications you're looking for from someone who would fit in this role? And the guy objectively mentioned the selection criteria, which was good. And then he ended that with, lastly, someone without an American accent. Wow. 
Isn't that a bias? Yes. In a way, that is racism. But why don't they want someone with an American accent? That is a good question, which made me realize racism is not just about looking down on people who come from a developing country or people who have a different skin color. Mm-hmm. Racism can be about someone who has a different accent than I do, someone who comes from a different culture, or someone who's different. Wow. So what did you say when he said someone who doesn't have an American accent? I can't even remember how I responded. I think I just froze and didn't say anything. And that prompted him to say, no, I was just joking. That's not funny. It is not funny. And I'm pretty sure that was half meant. But at least that gave me a little bit of comfort thinking it's not just about skin color. It's not just about me coming from a developing country. I know that's not really a nice thing to say. I mean, finding comfort in that. But somehow that allowed me to see that this has nothing to do with me. This is about the biases that this person has about other people who are different from him. That also gave me a different perspective from that first phone interview I had with the headhunter, where I realized that, yes, it is about the biases that this person has. It has nothing to do with me. My job is to keep trying, to keep showing my credentials, what I can do and what I can contribute, and not worry about the biases that the other person has. After he told you that joke and his bias showed its head, even as a joke, did you still have the desire to get a job? Absolutely not. You can tell that they were not professional enough because I didn't even hear any feedback from them, never even emailed me or called me for the outcome of the interview. What's the next step, whether I made it or didn't make it, at the very least, they could have sent a letter that said you were unsuccessful. But no, I never heard anything from them. Outside of the workplace, there are also other instances where I've experienced racism. Surprisingly, when I was in Brisbane, There was a festival, you know, how you randomly just meet people in a festival. I can't remember the specifics, but one of the ladies I was with said something about Sydney. asking, why do you not prefer to live in Sydney? That was the context of the conversation. And this guy, who is also of the same ethnic background as you and I, said, I don't want to live there. There's too many foreigners. That's also a bias. I was surprised he said that and I almost felt embarrassed because he had the same ethnic background as you and I. And then the lady said, well, you're a foreigner. Right. So, you know, racism or racial biases can come from anywhere, even against your own. Yeah. In some other situations, I have encountered biases. I am married to a, an Australian, a Caucasian Australian. Mm-hmm. I have encountered some friends of his who would ask him, so how much did you spend to get her to come over? Like a mail order bride? Yes. Oh my God. And my husband, bless him for his naivete, responded with, what do you mean? How much did I spend to get her to come here? She's got more money than I do. <laughs> Was that a joke? No, it was a serious question. Later on, he started telling his own love stories. At the time, he just divorced his second wife, who was his wife for a brief period. And apparently, she was a mail-order bride. Wow. From a European country. Okay. That's why he has this perception of it is normal to meet someone that way. I see. My take from that was what they say depends on where they're coming from, their own experiences and their own mindset. And it has nothing to do with me.
There was also one incident when my husband and I were queuing up to buy coffee. There was a man in front of my husband who just kept staring at me. And I was so uncomfortable to the point that I stared back. Good for you. When he realized that I was staring back at him, he probably felt the need to say something. And he turned to my husband and said, how come you get someone younger and I get to have a 30-year-old? Wow. He didn't know that you were the same age or probably a little older than that. I'm way older. At that point, I was way older than 30 years old. So I didn't know how to react, whether to laugh or to feel insulted. I ended up laughing. And my husband ended up laughing and said, oh, she'll be happy with that because you think she's younger than 30. So we just made it all about my age and how young I look rather than the prejudices that that statement infers. Yeah, but even then, he was talking about a woman. He has no problem talking about a woman's age. It's just like a thing. Why do I have this toy and you get to have that toy? Yes. So for one thing, it was... Misogynistic. Yes. And secondly, it is racist because he just assumed that from my appearance, yeah. that he had the choice of what age he could get. And that's ageism too. All the biases he could think of. Yes. Except the religion part. He didn't ask you for your religion. So, yes. wow. Despite all of these biases, I still managed to just shrug it off and laugh it off instead of getting angry. And at least I didn't feel anxiety like I did when I went for those job interviews. I'm not going to say it was okay, but at least I was able to shrug it off. The worst experience I've had was in a place where I least expected to see racism. You know that I now play golf. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Lately, I have become very active in the club. I have been doing a lot of volunteer work. I have been asked to be part of the committee. Someone nominated me to be a part of the committee, which I accepted. So we hold our regular competitions on Saturdays. At the end of the competition, the golfers would stay in the clubhouse and gather for the presentation of awards for us to know who won. And as part of the committee, one of the responsibilities is to be in the roster where you will be a committed person on duty on a Saturday to process the results of the competition, generate the report for that, and assist the club captain in presenting the awards. So one Saturday when I was on duty, I was standing next to the captain while he was doing the presentation. And there was this guy, let's just hide him under the name of Colin. Colin has always been known for his brash behavior, especially when he's had a few drinks. He tends to blurt out racial comments, racist comments, when he's had a few drinks. In almost all of the committee meetings, he would come up as a topic because of that behavior. But I could never understand why no one in the committee follows through with what do we do about it. In this particular Saturday when I was on duty, while the captain was giving the results of the competition, the ball rundown for the golfers that had good results during the day, he mentioned one name and another gentleman in the club said, I'm not familiar with that name. Is he a new member? This gentleman happened to be indigenous, part of the First Nations in Australia. Before the club captain could even respond, Colin, this brash guy, yelled and responded, you don't know him because he's white. Hmm? 
What does that mean? I guess because the guy who asked the question is indigenous to Australia and not white. Oh. He insinuated that he couldn't possibly know the guy because he was white. Because he doesn't mix up with white people. Whatever he meant by that, it had some racial connotation to it. Okay. What was the reaction from the group? No one reacted. What about the gentleman asking? He didn't react. He just kept quiet. Okay. I let that go. And the club captain ignored Colin and just continued doing the ball rundown. A few names later, the captain asked, who did the scorecard of so-and-so? Another gentleman who is of Asian background mm -hmm. raised his hand to indicate, yeah, I did his scorecard. And then Colin yelled out, did you have a problem with the scorecard because it was in English? <gasps> okay. So this time, I felt I had to say something, probably because I could relate to it. English is not my first language. And the gentleman is, well, we're both Asians. Colin was sitting in front of the club captain. So I just leaned over and said, Colin, that is such a racist comment. And then he turned to me and yelled, I don't care. In response to that, I simply said, Please just shut up. And I didn't say anything else after that. But he and my husband are friends. And my husband has his mobile number. An exchange of text messages ensued after that between he and I, where I said, I meant what I said. Your comments were racist, offensive, and hurtful to people of minority ethnic background. It's offensive to anyone else who doesn't have the same background that he does. Correct, yes. And he responded with, I don't care. Report me to the committee if you want. I don't care. And what happened? So I did. So I reported him. Yeah. So I sent a letter to the committee, a formal letter of complaint. I included his historic behavior. Last year, months prior to that incident, there was a fundraising event. We had a lot of guests, not members of the club, who were disgusted by his behavior and actually said so. But no one bothered to reprimand this guy. With him saying, report me to the committee... He is insinuating that he can say whatever he wants and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Yep. It's imperative that we demand a change in behavior because this says something about the culture in the club and it doesn't look good to guests and visitors. It creates a bad impression and image for the club. I would strongly suggest to invoke a clause in our constitution, in our rules, where we start the procedure for termination of membership. That was how I ended that letter. So that happened on a Saturday. I sent the letter on a Monday. Apparently, that letter was shared to him on the Wednesday. And then the following Saturday, Colin approached me. He was standing next to me while I was sitting in the patio. My husband nudged me and said, someone's talking to you. Then Colin said, Chris, are you going to let me apologize or not? I looked at him surprised and I was thinking, if you're going to apologize, why do you feel the need to intimidate me? That's not how you approach someone to apologize. Yep, that's not apologetic. Yeah, so I just looked at him and I said, not really. You didn't set up this apology properly. I'm not going to be intimidated to hearing out your apology. And then the following week, we had a committee meeting on a Tuesday. So, of course, that letter was discussed. The club secretary had to read the letter. And I found myself feeling anxious. I was starting to feel my amygdala being hijacked, <laughs> let's just say. And I had to be mindful of that. I had to make sure that I controlled my breathing and relaxed myself while he was reading the letter. But you could probably visibly see that I was starting to feel anxious. The club president and the club secretary were talking about the process. How do we start the process of warning him that he is now under probation for termination of membership? Then someone else in the committee, a lady at that, 
interrupted and said, well, did he apologize to you? Let's call this lady, let's hide her under the name of Barbara. Well, he approached me. So I relayed what happened, that he approached me and said, are you going to let me apologize or not? I don't really respond well to intimidation. And Barbara said, well, why don't you just accept the apology to get it over and done with? I responded with, an apology is not the outcome I want. The outcome I want is change in behavior. He would not have tried to apologize if the committee didn't intervene. He even taunted me to report him to the committee. And that made me think he believed no one could do anything about his behavior. And when he saw that the committee took it seriously, that was the only time he tried to apologize for it. So I believe without the committee's intervention, we're never going to get a change in behavior in him. So an apology is not enough. Uh-huh. Barbara's husband happens to be also in the committee. Let's hide her husband under the name of Morty. Uh-huh. So Morty then interrupted and says, well, in fairness, you provoked him. Okay. You provoked him by calling him out on his biases? When I said, just shut up. You provoked him because you told him to shut up. No, you told him what he said was racist. So these two, the couple, Morty and Barbara, I'm assuming that they were not agreeing with having some, not punishment, but, you know, doing something about Colin. The way I interpreted that was just accept the apology and move on. That was the tone that Barbara started with. Why didn't you just accept the apology to get it over and done with? Well, back up, back up. First of all, the bigger issue is he was really rude to the two people. Yes, and also remember his historical behavior. Right. And remember I said during the fundraising event where he was really behaving badly and people were disgusted? Yeah. The visitors that actually expressed their disgust were daughters of this couple. Wow. So I was surprised that these comments came from this couple. Keeping in mind that my anxiety was already flaring up by this point. When the club secretary was reading the letter, I was already getting emotional. So when Morty said, well, in fairness, you provoked him. I responded by saying, so if someone gets raped, are you going to blame that person for what she's wearing? This guy became angry and cut me off and said, your problem is you need to toughen up. Okay, this is why biases has gone on for so long. Because they do the victim blaming. And if you call them out on it, they get rattled and they say, hell no. It's not my problem that you're offended. Yeah. I can say whatever I want and you're just supposed to take it. And you can imagine how I reacted. Of course I lost my shit. Yes. I can't even remember the exact words I said, but I lost my shit and I gave it to him. So was this ever resolved? Did he get some kind of punishment? Was his membership revoked? Well, I walked out of that meeting as a result of that comment. Of course, not before I lashed out and said the things that I said. I can't even remember what I said, but I was very furious. I was very angry that I was shaking and I walked out. There were three members of the committee that came out and followed me and helped calm me down. And I didn't feel good about being angry. I felt like I should have handled that better. I shouldn't have walked out. I should have just responded objectively. I was hearing in my head all of these things that people normally say about anger. I'm sure you've heard comments like, anger is a wasted emotion. Anger is a punishment that you impose on yourself. And I was thinking, am I punishing myself because I got angry? No. Back when I was in hospital, one of the sessions I attended was about anger management. And because I refused to think that anger is a wasted emotion, 
I asked the therapist, is there really a role or a purpose for anger as an emotion? What is the purpose of anger as an emotion? Is it really a wasted emotion? And the therapist responded with, yes, there is a role for anger. Anger has purpose. So it is not a wasted emotion. Anger is justified when you feel there is a need for change. That's one. Two, when an injustice has been committed. Okay, check, check. So that's what I went back to and thought about. Has an injustice been committed? You're right, check. Is there a need for change? Yes. Check. Uh-huh. So an apology is not enough, but that was good enough for this husband and wife. What about for the committee, the rest of the committee? So apparently after I left, the club president said, we really need to do something about this. Good. And I can't blame her for telling him to shut up. I would have told him the same thing. One of the committee members said, I don't know what else happened in that meeting, but they ended up giving a warning to Colin and telling him that he's under probation, that if he behaves the same way again in the future, his membership will be terminated. That was the outcome that I wanted. And guess what? Since then, Colin has been behaving. He hasn't blurted any racial comments since then. He even went in front of the clubhouse during one of the presentations to apologize to everyone for his behavior. What was surprising after that was how Barbara and Morty reacted and behaved after that meeting. Incidentally, this was around the same time we were about to launch a member survey, which I volunteered to do for the club. The next time I saw Barbara, she asked me why I did not include her and Morty in the test run of the survey, but the club captain was included. Instead of being apologetic, or at least amicable, I felt like I was being put through scrutiny. I simply responded objectively by saying, well, the club president nominated only five people to do the test. I can send you and Morty test links if you want. That's easy enough to do. There were also competition days when Barbara would take opportunities to pick on me. For example, one Saturday, soon after she finished the 18th hole, she came up to me and told me, I should have taken my provisional tee shot on the 15th hole because I already declared my ball lost. That this merits penalty and disqualification. And she said this like as if she was in my group witnessing exactly what happened when she was actually two groups behind me and inaccurately described what happened. Wow. Also, people were acting weird around me. For example, one instance, someone was supposed to do a coin flip, but didn't have a coin. They used a ball marker, which had one side black and one side silver. This guy asked the other to choose a side, whether black or silver. And then someone noticed that I was within the vicinity and said, oh, hey, Chris, someone said black. That's racist. And this guy who said that, wasn't in the committee meeting and is not friends with any of the people involved. So there was no way for him to find out what happened or that I filed a complaint. What was more hurtful for me was when I had a conversation with one of the ladies that I regularly play with. And this lady, I adore her. I absolutely adore her. She's been lovely with me and I would have done anything for this lady because she was my friend. I really had a good relationship with her. We normally share a golf cart together. I thought I just shared a story of what happened in the committee. And I said, oh, did you hear about what happened in a committee meeting? How I had a disagreement with Morty. This lady said, no, I haven't heard. So I started telling her the story. And she kept interrupting me and said, no, it didn't happen that way. <gasps> no, that's not what happened. But she's heard. So obviously she's heard. After two or three times she said this, she just suddenly blurted, oh, I don't want to hear about this. 
I don't want to deal with politics. And she was very angry. That surprised me. And I was thinking, why would you be angry? I'm just sharing what happened. So I just kept quiet. I was confused. And I was thinking, obviously, she's heard about it. Someone would have told her about it. That anger meant she heard a completely different version of the story. And if it caused her to be angry towards me, whatever story she heard was probably painting me in a negative light. Normally, how I would respond to a situation like that would be to defend myself and try as much as I can to give my version of the story so that I can change this person's mind and prove that, no, I'm not the bad guy here. Uh And thank God for all the therapy that I've had. I just sat back and tried to calm myself down. And I thought to myself, I have no control over whatever story Barbara or Morty are telling other people. I have no control over how people would react to this story, whether they believe it or not. I have no control over whether or not they give me the benefit of the doubt or want to hear my side of the story. If they don't want to hear my side of the story, then that just means they were never my friend in the first place. Yeah. And that really hurt me a lot because this lady that I regularly play with, I absolutely adored her. And I couldn't believe that she was never my friend to begin with. She never was, because if she really was your friend, she would have known whatever part of the story that you heard, whatever version. It's the fact that you called out racism. And I don't know if I'm comfortable saying it. She might be in agreement with racism. That doesn't sound right, but she might have same biases. What hurts me the most, I later found out that this lady that I regularly play with had three sons and two of her sons died from self-harm. Wow. And she knew about my mental health struggles. She knew that I had been in hospital for it. And I was very disappointed that even after what she's experienced with her own sons, she couldn't even give me the time of day to tell her my story and to hear me out. And that to me says a lot about her humanity rather than her racial biases. Going back to that question, Australians are racists. Having the feeling of superiority just because you're a certain color or a certain gender. That's sad. (laughs) It's just, yeah. A friend of mine said to me years ago, she has psychology as a background. She said to me that sometimes before you look at race, you look at people's humanity. Sometimes it's not about whether or not as a people, they have racial biases. It has more to do with the person's humanity, their humanity. What are their values? What are their beliefs? How were they brought up? Because your values dictate whether you have racial biases or not. And I feel like in this case, it can also be because they're not comfortable with change. They're not comfortable with people making noise, rattling the cage. They're not comfortable with people instigating change. And especially with golf clubs, the profile of members are more often older. And talking about values, I later found out that Morty is actually a former politician. And the only article I can find about him was how he used the taxpayer's money to fund his trips abroad without any report to justify those trips. No, no wonder. 
their solution is always to just finish this. Just accept the apology and let's move on. No accountability. Don't dig deeper because you're going to find more stuff that needs to be changed. So you can theorize that he is probably lacking in accountability. He's probably lazy. You can theorize all these things, but it still doesn't justify his reaction. No. And there's going to be a lot of other people like him. There are a lot of people like him. Who will stop change from happening. Yeah. Who will stop doing something in order to solve the injustice of the world. Yep. They're not willing to change. They're not willing to change in order to stop injustice. Correct. Yeah. That is absolutely right. And this is just a microcosm of society in general. In a small place like this where you see racism rare its ugly head and yet people in charge refuse to do something about it. Whether it's for fear of change, whether it's for fear of conflict, whether it's because of their own racial biases, we don't know. But that gives you an idea of how difficult it is to really inspire change. Yeah, we can only start with ourselves and we just start calling it out. And I'll just have to look at what I've learned from it. I was so proud of myself for standing up that I didn't allow this person to intimidate me. I didn't allow this couple to intimidate me. Yes. Am I Okay is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Stories, experiences, recollections, Opinions or insights shared by us are our own and does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. The podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional expertise or treatments. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance, please find treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States and Lifeline or Beyond Blue in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our socials and follow us. You'll find our handle in the episode description. Or, if there's anything you'd like us to talk more about, you can email us through email at gmail.com. If you have friends or family who you think would be interested in what we share, please tell them about us. They can find our podcast in any directory they get their podcast from. And please go on and rate us. It will let people know about us and find us. Once again, thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.